The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This hour, we'll play everybody's closing statement from the debate last night, and I don't want to talk only about the debate. But um, uh, uh, is there? Will anybody else of note get into the race? I think that's an interesting question. I never hear anybody bring it up, so that would lead me to believe most of your smart people don't think that that's the case. That a Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, or Hillary Clinton, or whoever, uh, would jump in. Right? Yeah, I don't. I could see Gavin just because I know his act, but. I'm looking at this predictit.org where you can actually buy shares and candidates and buy and sell, which I'm going to do, which I think will be fun to, that would be to fun. follow. Um, but <clears throat> so who would you buy shares in? I'd buy Kamala. Absolutely. Um, she's just on the move. And whether she wins or not, I don't know, but I might uh, sell her later. But I tweeted which last is night. really an uncomfortable thing to say about a woman of at least partially black heritage. As I tweeted last night, it's hard to imagine her not being on the ticket Yeah, in one way or another, either as the nominee or... If, you know, some old white guy ends up the nominee, mm-hmm. or even medium-aged white guy, um, how do you not choose her as the Veep candidate? Right. As being the, the you know, the vice presidential candidate so often, the, the the pit bull that goes out there and just just really goes after people. Absolutely. She'd be perfect for that. Yeah, absolutely. Positive now, to be honest, I, I don't know most of these guys. That's as, OJ's opinion. As right? we are talking about investing, I feel like I should jump in as a member of the investor class. Uh, I would I would start with a foundation of a basket built around Harris, Warren, and Mayor Pete, and then I would do a, a parlay short of uh, Swalwell and Hickenlooper. 
<laughs> Pardon me? Uh, so anyway, my point in bringing this up is that uh, you got Kamala and Joe and Liz and Bernie and Pete and Yang. I'm going down and some of these uh, are a little overrated just because they're hot on the Internet. And this is an, uh, a website for Internet hipsters, right? And Corey, I would guess that Yang probably has a, a an overweighted. Absolutely, because he's above Cory Booker and Julian Castro, for instance. Right. Then you got. Uh, he said the word "ass" last night. Do we have the clip of him saying that? Because <laughs> it's pretty good. He said, uh, "What did he say? The Russians have been laughing their asses off." Right, I, I found it unpresidential. I'm pretty sure mm. that's the first use of the word "ass" in a presidential debate. Then you got Corey. By a guy not wearing a tie. Right. What are we savages now? Right. No tie, ass. What's next? Fornicating on stage, pooping. Who Might knows? as well. Right. Then you got Julian Castro, then cute, cute Tulsi Gabbard, who grew up in a cult. It's not her fault. Still buddies with the cult. Uh, but she's very, she's an interesting person. Then you got Amy Klobuchar, who just can't get a hold. Oh, there's Hillary Clinton. Hillary, who's not in, actually outranks Kirsten Gillibrand, who's utterly phony. My favorite uh, blast on her, uh, Jonah Goldberg, who I follow, author, pundit, said, Kirsten Gillibrand uh, asked the question, that was when they, the one thing you're going to do, Forget the exact question. What's the one foreign policy thing you're going to do? That's when the weirdo on the left said, I'll call the president of New Zealand. Oh, we've got to get that one. <laughs> that click. It's so strange. And we say, have sister. We have that available, And we Sean? are brothers, even though we're sisters. Um, we will converge on the world stage, which is the higher plane or something. Hippy dippy S dot dot dot. You may only get one shot and your first issue that you're going to push you get one shot that it may be the only thing you get past what is that first issue and ms williamson my first the last call word. is to prime minister of new zealand who said that her goal is to make new zealand the place where it's the best place in the world for a child to grow up and i will tell her girlfriend you are so on because the united states of america is going Thanks. to be the best place in the world for a child to grow up that was parody. She, she's doing a Borat sort of thing on America. Wow. Isn't she? And she's going to put together a documentary about how she pretended to be a candidate and made up wacky stuff and everybody just went along so you, with it. So your first issue is to throw shade at the leader of New Zealand? <laughs> and I'll say, girlfriend, you're so wrong. Anyway. But Kirsten Gillibrand on that question said, well, first I will uh, settle things down in the Middle East. And Jonah Goldberg said, oh, okay, well, that's, that's fantastic. So you're just going to do that, are you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have, people have been trying to do that for quite some time now. Yeah, well, she but can do you, it. But you have a way to do it. Well, that's good. But so Hillary, who's not in, ranks above Kirsten Gillibrand, who ranks uh, around the same as Beto and, and uh, Kickin' Pooper and uh, Jay Inslee and Steve, never mind the Bullock, then the wacky Marianne Williamson. Then you get into a bunch of people who aren't even in. Andrew Cuomo, Mark Zuckerberg, Tim Kaine. Is he in? Nobody knows. Dwayne Johnson, Jerry Brown. <laughs> oh, then Jer- poor John Delaney, Chris Murphy, Oprah Winfrey, Sherrod Brown, Mike Bloomberg, Michael Bennett, Tim Ryan, who is in Bill de Blasio. Swalwell, Swalwell, right at the ass end. Um, but there's no Gavin Newsom. I, I don't discount older white men the way so much of the, uh, the, the left seems to. But there are a number of older white men on the stages both nights that I still don't know what their names are. I kind of have a vision in my mind of who they are, but not really. I mean, they just they don't stand out enough. There was like four each night, and they were practically interchangeable right. on what they were saying about things. Gotta grow a beard. They were the generally the more reasonable ones, but uh, 
Or a hat. Wear a wacky hat. Yeah, a couple from Colorado and just, I don't know. I, I, they didn't distinguish them themselves in their mom, right. my mind. Right, yeah. Uh, and I wonder how they compete. Yeah, old Swalwell. Hmm, struggling. Anyway. Uh, where were we? What'd you think of his shot? Have we played that, the six-year-old shot? I think we played that earlier, but that, that, was, a, that was a pretty decent, that was a pretty well-crafted, your old shot at Joe Biden from early in the debate. Was that the pass the torch stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, Here we uh, go. Three, yeah. I was six years old when a presidential candidate came to the California Democratic Convention and said, it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans. That candidate was then Senator Joe Biden. Joe Biden was right when he said it was time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans 32 years ago. He's still right today. If we're going to solve the issues of automation, pass the, uh, the torch. So we're going to solve the Obviously, of- the point is, you were in the U.S. Senate when I was six. Yes. <laughs> Which is pretty incredible. There was yes. at least a couple of times where uh, Pete started his... His answers with, as the youngest person on this stage, yeah. he was he was trying to kind of get that in there without hammering it. Yeah. He, uh, I think it's an admirable quality that Mayor Pete is, um, like, self-effacing and downplays some of his strength as opposed to, like, really leaning on him all the time. But that just doesn't work in the current times. No. You have to be no. louder and, and, and more bombastic about well, that you, sort you of stuff. you keep saying bombastic, which is fine. I just think you need to be dynamic. That might be the better word. Um, Dynamic. I found his dealing with the uh, the shooting of the black man by the white cop who had the body camera off, which is really, that's rough stuff. But why haven't you uh, integrated your police force? Uh, it's still 6%. Well, I failed. No, dude. I mean, listen, I appreciate your honesty. If you and I were working together... I found that very likable. I found that very yeah. likable, but I don't think it's, that wins you in politics. Well, right. It's likable, but it's doomed. I like it, but not enough voters like it. Right. Well, I don't. I don't. I like it personally. Like I said, if I were, if I were working with him, if we were coworkers, I would appreciate the candor, and I because we could get to work from there. But if he was the CEO of my company, I would be looking for a. But we're going to keep digging, and we have some really innovative ideas, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be successful. Not a. I suck, man. I just suck. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I suck. I mean, that was his response. It was weak. Little Pete, that's what I'm calling him now. Little Pete. He was physically the smallest person on the stage. They did a pull-away shot where they had everybody up there, including the women's, and he was the smallest person on the stage. It shouldn't mean anything, but we almost always elect the tallest person of the two that are running. Which is stupid. And we haven't had a president that was under, like, 6'1", and I don't know how long. Um but there are ways for a little person to stand big. Oh, sure. But if he were on stage in a Democratic debate in 1988, like when it was Dick Gephardt and all these different people, I think he'd have been fine when people mm-hmm. talked kind of quietly like that and everything. But that's that's not what we do anymore. I mean, you got to be wagging your finger and shouting stuff like yeah. Kamala's doing, like Trump does, or, uh, like like Bernie does. That's not yeah. what we do now. Yeah. That's that's not the way to run a country, by the way. But that that's what we're doing now. Well, you got to be I, loud. I still say he was he was. You didn't have to be that. You just had to not be uh, cringing and ashamed of yourself. Cringing and ashamed is a long way from bombast and yelling and shaking your finger. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying he missed the mark way worse. Then I think you're portraying it. It was just, it was, I don't know, it was weak. I was thinking originally that the, the, the way to go might be like the, the anti-Trump, kind of the calm, steady, whatever. Watching Kamala Harris last night, no. You got you to gotta, you gotta be more like him. 
I think, to take on Trump. Right. I don't think the contrast thing would work. I think he'd just get eaten alive. But as uh, Sean, a master investor and MMA expert, would point out, there are times you do want to go to judo, and when, just I'm imagining it, Trump goes really strong, there are times you want to step back and let it hang out there and, and, and show restraint. And she's, you know, she's a smart gal. I think she'll know when to do that. If, I thought, if indeed she gets like, up on I the big stage. I thought Mayor Pete's answer about, I'm the only, you know, government has been in my life and then uh, all uh, all along. These aren't oh, theoretical. That was, that was super smart. talked about writing a letter to his parents in case he dies in Afghanistan, talking yeah. about his dad having cancer and dealing with health care and all that stuff. Eloquent. I thought that stuff was so good, but he, he delivers it in such a, well, 1990s way. Yeah, that I'll grant you. That's a great description of what you're talking about, because I found that stuff eloquent um, persuasive and and really endearing. It reminded us of a couple of different. You know, it was also on a practical matter. Oh, matter. Oh, that's right. He served in Afghanistan. Oh, that's right. He's a gay man who went through that, and now he's legally married. Oh yeah, there were several. Oh yes, in there. It was skillfully done. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's a big world. It's a big nasty world, and you got to be at least a little big and a little nasty. I think. What do you guys think about him calling out uh, GOP religious hypocrisy? Uh, I remember that vaguely. I thought it just it it stood out to me just because religion's hardly ever brought up on the Democratic stage to begin with. Yeah, yeah. yeah which he mentioned that yeah. was that was a gutsy. Go- we we could possibly play that coming up. That was a gutsy way to go. We got to get to clips of the week. Oh yeah, my we'll, apologies. We'll play their uh, closing comments. And there was one other thing that I want to get. I don't remember what it was. And it doesn't matter. Well, I'll be glad when it's all over, so we can talk about other stuff. But you know, it is the season. Oh, so a, a cow next? Yeah. All right, sounds good. Stay tuned. Clips of the Week is very good, and it is moments away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mentions of Trump the first night, as every pundit pointed out. 34 mentions last night because they all watched the punditry and thought, <laughs> I need to attack Trump. Kirsten Gillibrand leading the way with eight Trump mentions, followed by Bernie. And Marianne Williamson, the crazy uh, palm reader down on the left. Huh. So, Mr. President, if you're listening. Over <laughs> under on the number of crystals in her house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 30? So, hey, let's take a fond look back at the week that was before we move on with more uh, debate crap. It's uh, Cal Clips of the Week. Praising and coddling individuals who made it their life works and built their reputation off of segregation. When authorities found the methed out squirrel, they released it into the wild. So now the woodland creatures have a new friend. Who never sleeps and is going to steal the moose's Xbox. Neither Iran nor any other hostile actor should mistake U.S. prudence and discretion for weakness. Never can Iran have a nuclear weapon. You're scaring the children. You don't look at your messages. You don't listen on your microphone. 
doing so would be super problematic from for a lot of different reasons. Recognize that you're not going to really believe me that, on this. Yes. No, I get this I don't, once a week. I don't believe you. The 2019 Kia NBA Most Valuable Player goes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Scamp the Tramp was crowned the world's ugliest dog over the weekend. They knew it was a no-brainer when the other dogs started sniffing its face. Cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. Pues la situación ahora es inaceptable. Control room, we've got We have the, I think audio. we heard, yeah, we have the audience audio. <laughs> we are, What's happening? We are hearing our colleagues' audio. I, if the control room can turn off the mics. Yeah, if the, if the control room can turn off the mics of our previous moderators, we will. I think it's the prior moderators. It's part of Joe's generation. I'm all part of Joe's generation. Let me respond. The issue, if I may say, is not generational. Let's please, please. The issue is not generational of this country. These issues are better. Oh boy. Oh boy. So CBO out with a report this week. We are at the highest percentage of uh, national debt to GDP since World War II. Did not come up for even. Was World War II expensive? I don't. I don't know much about it. Did not come up for even a second. Iran what, what, came up. What recently compares with that? Hmm. Iran came up, up hmm. kind of tangentially a couple of times, but no. Oh, fathead came up briefly. I think no North real. Korea, yeah. That's a difference between a Democratic debate and a Republican debate. A Republican yeah. debate, you'd had a full section on dealing with Iran this week, probably. But it's yeah. just a difference. Yep. So, hey, we're going to squeeze in as many of the uh, the final statements as we can from the peeps so you can get an idea of what they're about. It makes it more, you know, and I realize a lot of you swing right. There's no way you'd vote for any of these people, but it makes it more fun to follow the sport. I think if you know, you know, what sort of woo they're pitching to, you know, cite the sort of song lyric Joe Biden might enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. We already did all of the crazy lady, uh, Marianne Williamson. Uh, who we got? Whoever you want, Sean. Let's let's make sure they're heavyweights at right, first. Let's, at least. let's uh, okay. So no Swalwell then. Um, no, we got to do Swalwell. Do Swalwell because it's right. got the joke in it. That's, okay. I love this. Yeah, right. We can't be a forward-looking party if we look to the past for our leadership. I'm a congressman, but also a father of a two-year-old and an infant. When I'm not changing diapers, I'm changing Washington. Most of the time, the diapers smell better. Yes. <laughs> I went to Congress at 31. <laughs> And I found a Washington that doesn't work for people like you I can't hear and me. Him over the last it's made of the rich and the disconnected. <laughs> I was the first in my family to go to college and have student loan debt. And so I have led the effort to elect the next generation of members of Congress. And we have a moment to seize. This is a can-do generation. This is the generation that will end climate chaos. This is the generation that will solve student loan debt. And this is the generation that will say enough is enough and end gun violence. This generation demands bold solutions. That's why I'm running for president. Three times through the night, he had a planned line where he expected applause, and he kind of paused, waited for him. Okay, I guess not, and then moved on. I keep running. <laughs> and sometimes, uh, Washington spells worse. Nobody? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Is this thing working? <laughs> Swalwell. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, you want to know who won last night's debates? Let's take a look at who is getting the most donations. We got that update for you. And also one, or actually I should say the first, city in the U.S. has declared itself a sanctuary city for guns. Coming up. Huh. What, is okay. it, what does that mean? I guess I'll find out. 
Armstrong and Getty. Oh boy, Marsha Phillips has got the news. Senator Kamala Harris' campaign is reporting a serious, serious uptick in contributions today after her heated exchange with former Vice President Joe Biden during the Democratic debate last night. Oh, this is exciting. Well, I'm into the predicted market now. I've invested actual money in predicting candidate success. But, but okay, so I... Bye! Bye! We, we've been talking about this for years. Yeah. We know this as well as anybody. It's got way more to do with... Um, some things you can't even nail down in your own mind while you gravitate towards somebody. Right. It's not about policy. Uh, very seldom about policy. It's more of a feeling you get about people. For all voters, it's the you mm-hmm. know the myth of the rational voter. And this is a perfectly good example. The fact that Kamala Harris really got in Biden's face about busing, an right. issue from 40 years ago right. that almost nobody approved of. Hey, 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 hey. Shh, I'm kind of heavily into Kamala Harris. Right. Do pra- me a favor and quit with the bad mouth. Of- Practically <laughs> nobody of any color or party right. liked busing. Right. Well, at the time, it was only 5% in favor, right? Yeah. At, uh, yeah. She stood up for it last night in his face. Right. As and- if it was just an outrage and unthinkable that he had the position he did. <laughs> right. right. And somehow that makes her Okay. Well, the campaign saying she scored some major points after this challenge. Do you agree today that you were wrong to oppose busing in America? Then, no, do you agree? I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I oppose. That's well, so not terrible. Of, I don't know the difference, sir. To, to integrate no, public but, schools in America. I was part of the second it, class to integrate Berkeley, it, California public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. I because am, your city council made that decision. It was a so local decision. So that's where the federal government must oh, step Lord. in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because that, there are moments in history I, where states if, fail I, to preserve the civil I, rights of all people. If that was Joe Getty and not Joe Biden up there, I would have said, I am staunchly in favor of integration and always have been. I am against forced busing of people hours down the road to a school they've never heard of. There are better ways. That's all you had to that do. That was that was just, well. No, in extremis, the Department of Education should have uh, defaulted to the uh, disclosure of the local uh, parameters. That was senator disease. That's why right, we right. almost never vote for senators because they learn to talk in a weird language. That was John Kerry saying, "I voted against it before I voted for it." Right. And, you know that just that only makes sense to senators. Ah, oh, crap! My Kamala Harris stock is down a penny, probably thanks to you. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> but busing in the ERA vote. For Lord, whip inflation now. I mean, why are we talking about the ERA and busing? Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, that, it works with the hardcore base. Yeah, that maneuver was a boost for her, but now she's having to backtrack, raising her hand, about raising her hand with the pack in favor of doing away with private health insurance companies last night. So once and for all, do you believe that private insurance should be eliminated in this country? No. You don't? No, I but do not. But you raised your hand last but night. But the question was, would you give up your private insurance? for that option, and I said yes. Oh, I think you heard it differently than others then. Probably, because that's what I heard. Was that an honest... Did she honestly hear it differently, or did she... Was she... seems like you'd have to be super clever to, on the spot, think, I can play this as I thought I heard them say your insurance tomorrow. Well, the question was... 
who would give up their insurance? Was it? Yeah, that was the question. It was the same question from the night before. It was a sloppily worded question. I think they intended it to mean how you guys intended it. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I, I took it the way... But we all know what they meant. We all know what they meant. I mean, she should have clarified that then. I mean, so she might be right, and she answered the question correctly, but there's no reason to ask the candidates would you give up your insurance. The issue I is... Thought it was, I thought it was, are you willing to go on the same health care that you are forcing others to really? go on? Uh, yeah, huh. I just, I, I almost want to hear it on tape because I'm f- so flabbergasted that I missed that. Because the question is... I interpreted it the other way. The question is, and especially in the context of the conversation they are having, are you going to make people give up their private health care insurance? That's the issue. And she's been questioned on it in the past. Huh, I'd like to know what the other candidates thought they were answering. The Supreme Court is going to consider appeals on DACA, the uh, bomb-era policy protecting so-called dreamers. The Trump administration's appealing rulings blocking their attempts to repeal DACA. So the high court is going to take up their arguments. They're in recess now for the summer, so the case won't be heard until this fall. But they are going to take it up. Good news, everybody. My Kamala Harris stock is bounced back by a penny. On the other hand, I, uh, I've i lost a penny on Julian Castro. Back to you. California I'm City. I'm going to be watching this second to second. Cal- for the next 400 and what is it? 94 <laughs> days. A California City is now a sanctuary city for guns. City of Needles, desert town of about 5,000, sits near the border of California and Arizona. And the city council recently unanimously approved the Second Amendment Sanctuary City Declaration. What do you like better, needles or weed? It's so hot there, you can't think straight. That's what happens. Very true. Guns too hot to hold on to. Ouch. Mayor Jeff Williams says the title is meant to send a message to lawmakers in Sacramento. The American women battle France today in the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup. Oh, it's a rematch of World War II. The French... (laughs) The French are the fourth-rated team in the FIFA World Rankings. <laughs> anyway, today's winner will face England on Tuesday in the semifinals. Wow, it is World War II again. So Germany, a little infighting. If Germany defeats France, they got to take on the Brits? Is that what happens? More or less, right. Wow. Right. But half the French team will start playing against the French team. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And then the Brits and the Germans just dig trenches with the ball in between them and sit there for years. And then the Russians, who hate the British and the American team, will join forces with it and we'll all beat the Germans together. Fantastic. And then divide up the other teams and put a wall between their... Okay. We've taken and it too far. And I'm exhausted. Right. <laughs> oh, we've got more of the... Uh, the the closing statements from the candidates. Well, can up. we do one now? Can sure, we? I'll can go. we? Sure, sure. Who do you want to do, Sean? A closing statement. Somebody, somebody of substance. Although Yang, Yang, he th- got no time. Uh, people love him. Come on. First, I want to thank everyone who put me on the stage tonight. I am proof that our democracy still works. Democrats and Americans around the country have one question for their nominee, and that is who can beat Donald Trump in 2020. That is the right question. And the right candidate to beat Donald Trump will be solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected and will have a vision of a trickle-up economy that is already drawing thousands of disaffected Trump voters, conservatives, independents, and libertarians, as well as Democrats and progressives. I am that candidate. I can build a much broader coalition to beat Donald Trump. It is not left. It is not right. It is forward. And that is where I'll take the country in 2020. And I do not own a tie. 
And you have no chance. But you're a sincere young man, and, and God bless you for getting in there and scrapping. And I respect that. And he'll be the advisor to something or other, or the secretary of what you, what you call it, if a Democrat wins. You think? Yeah, it'll be something. something. Econ- economic advisor of some sort or whatever. Why not? We'll get to more of the people you've heard of with their closing statements coming up in just a moment. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, you know, I hate to pat ourselves on our backs, and Sean gets a lot of credit for this, but I haven't heard anybody else discuss this, and I've taken in a lot of punditry over the last 48 hours. Maybe because it's boring, devil's advocate over here. (laughs) I don't know. So they asked the question, are you for doing away with private insurance? In other words, going to government health care, blah, 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 180 million people or whatever have their own private insurance probably want to keep it. Right. And I at, do. Ask the candidates. And last night, everybody raised their hand. Yeah, I'm do- for doing away for that. Kamala Harris says, no, no, no. I meant do away with my insurance, not private insurance. Which so, sounded ridiculous. So they asked the question both nights. Let's listen to the question being asked both nights. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just a show of hands start off with. Okay, so okay, well, that's an odd way to ask the question. So that was night one. And that was split. Do you mean leave my private insurance, or do you mean abolish private insurance? I think, I think, I Would could I be wrong. abolish my private insurance? What does that mean? But on night one, you had some people yes and some people no. You had two people raise their hands. And, and because I think they were, I think they thought they were asking the questions, should we outlaw private insurance in America? Yeah, that's and, the way I interpret and that, it. And that's a yeah. way, way left position to do that. Right. And most people didn't. But. I don't know. The way he asked it. Okay, now here's the night two question. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Okay, so he changed from your to there. No, but I think it's he said still bizarre. Both, yeah. I don't remember. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just to show that was night one, night two. Oh. Who here would abolish their private health insurance? No, in- he played the same tape twice. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. He, he said, "Watch, you can uh, listen." I have golden hearing, Sean. <laughs> okay, I don't, don't argue night, with my hearing. Night two, he doesn't like say show of hands. Night one, he says show of hands. I don't care. Who here would abolish it? So, <laughs> what an odd way to ask the question. But I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think everybody but Kamala Harris thinks they were answering the question of, are you for doing away with private insurance? I inter- I heard it how it was asked, and I thought they were asking, would you personally be willing to go on government health insurance? But nobody- this is very Pulitzer, positive Sean. Yeah, and, and you could be right, but that's not the issue that's put before America regularly. That's not a... Whether or not Congress people would do away with their own insurance well, is not minute. really a point of contention. They're not on private insurance. No, they're on the government insurance yes, that they get. They have their own special I'm a senator insurance. I don't understand. So what the hell did that question mean? Obviously, as as you saw the way Willie Geist responded to Kamala Harris, he heard it the way I heard it, which means we're both wrong. Right. But Well, no, you the the candidates answered the question that was asked. You have 45 seconds. It's already tight. You were already talking over each other. I can't go back and forth and say, do you mean to ask if what? No. Right. Well, but except that I heard Kamala Harris interviewed this morning walking back the answer to the question she wasn't asked. 
She was saying... <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. Lester Holt has some answering to do. Well, whether or not Congress people want to keep their insurance is not a question America asks. And using the term abolish we have been arguing, is bizarre. We've been arguing for quite some time now on whether or not getting rid of private insurance is a good idea. So that's it's interesting... I don't wow. know how strange. Uh, somebody needs to nail that down, though. Very good catch there, Sean. Very, Very good. good catch. Strong. Uh, do we have time for another uh, uh, final comments? How about uh, old uh, Mayor Pete? Yeah, that was a good. Do we have one. him handy? Nothing about politics is theoretical for me. I've had the experience of writing a letter to my family, putting it in an envelope marked just in case, and leaving it where they would know where to find it in case I didn't come back from Afghanistan. I have the experience of being in a marriage that exists by the grace of a single vote on the U.S. Supreme Court. I have the experience of guiding a community where the per capita income was below $20,000 when I took office into a brighter future. I'm running because the decisions we make in the next three or four years are going to decide how the next 30 or 40 go. And when I get to the current age of the current president in the year 2055, I want to be able to look back on these years and say my generation delivered climate solutions, racial equality, and an end to endless war. Help me deliver that new generation to Washington before it's too late. That was good. That was another one of his subtle, I'm not as old as the other people are. Uh, Too subtle. That he throws out there. Subtly, it doesn't work in the year 2019. He goes with subtle. Yeah. And uh, that was eloquent, though. That was was some good stuff. That was good. If you're a fan of speech making. That's one of the better closing arguments I've heard. Do we have time to squeeze in another one? Who do you like there, old Pulitzer Prize winning Sean? Uh, I want want Kirsten Gillibrand just because she sounded like a Miss America contestant. (laughs) Women in America are on fire. We've marched, we've organized, we've run for office, and we've won. But our rights are under attack like never before by President Trump and the Republicans who want to repeal Roe v. Wade, which is why I went to the front lines in Georgia to fight for them. As president, I will take on the fights that no one else will. I stood up to the Pentagon and repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I've stood up to the banks and voted against the bailout twice. I've stood up to Trump more than any other senator in the U.S. Senate, and I have the most comprehensive approach for getting money out of politics with publicly funded elections to deal with political corruption. Now is not the time to play it safe. Now is not the time to be afraid of firsts. We need a president who will take on the big challenges, even if she stands alone. Join me in fighting for this. I'm sorry, I, I spaced off like a third of the way through. Yeah, I thought, I thought she sounded exactly like when they asked her the Miss America contestants, what would you do about gun violence? She says a bunch of happy things with a smile on her face. That's right, pretty. right. She turns around in her high heels and walks off. Meh. Have we heard uh, Kamala's uh, final argument? Thank you. Well, I, I just want to leave you with a couple of things. Um, one, we need a nominee uh, who has the ability to prosecute the case against four more years of Donald Trump, and I will do that. Second, this election is about you. This is about your hopes and your dreams and your fears and what wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And that's why I have what I call a 3 a.m. agenda. That is about everything from what we need to do to deliver health care to how you will be able to pay the bills by the end of the month. And when I think about what our country needs, I promise you I will be a president who leads with a sense of dignity, with honesty, speaking the truth, and giving the American family all that they need to get through the end of the month in a way that allows them to prosper. 
So I hope to earn your support. Uh, please join us at KamalaHarris.org. Only person that gave their website, which might have helped with the money coming in, by the way. She's Not got a bad idea. 3 a.m. plan. I have a 2 a.m. plan that involves texting people. Hey, you up? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, sh- sh- that, oh, wait. That- my stock's up a penny. Kamala Harris. <laughs> bye. Bye. Go to sh- predictit.org. She did have a better night than maybe anybody over the two nights, but the throwing out the website after a good night. That might have made a it might have been fifty percent more money just because of that. So you didn't have to look it up or even think about. Oh yeah, right. I can donate if I gonna. Yeah, I wonder. Nobody else hit their website. Probably ought to figure out how to sell on this website. All I know how to do is buy. That's not good for investing. And you're invested in who? Uh, Kamala, Liz Warren, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Swalwell. No, no, the other guy, <laughs> Castro. <laughs> Castro. Julian Castro. Uh, uh, Julian, not Fidel Castro. That's a value play, though. Just uh, yeah. kind of undervalued compared to the others. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think he'll rise before he falls. Yeah. It's time. It's time for final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. The final thoughts. <laughs> it's time. It's time for final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Do the A-team next. Ooh. Yeah, more more, more TV themes. Yeah. Uh, here's Third. your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips, well, final thought? Well, I got to tell you, tonight is going to feel really devoid of purpose without a debate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to make up a new drinking game. Michelangelo, final thought from the control room? Yeah, Marianne Williamson candles and Chia pets at the A&G store. First come, first serve, limit three per person. <laughs> Great. Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, I felt this before the debates, and I still feel it afterwards. I feel like the final Democratic ticket is going to be some combination of Harris, Pete, and Warren. Hmm. I don't know how, and I got a feeling that the person left out, if they win, is going to slide into the AG slot. Mm, interesting. Thanks, Pulitzer Prize winning Sean. Uh, Jack, <laughs> a, uh, a final thought for the, the folks? No drinking game for the debates tonight. I guess the only game will be drink every time you remember your life. Ah. Huh? Is that go. a drinking game? Uh, what? Four hours of that. Surely they got to narrow it down to one night for the next round, don't they? America can't do another four hours. I tell you what, I'm crazy into this stuff and I do it for a living. And by the end of last night, if Mayor Pete had looked at the screen and said, Joe Getty, I'm talking to you personally. <laughs> I have $50 million for you. All you have to do is call this number. I'd have missed it. <laughs> I was starting to get a little glaze-eyed, yeah. and it wasn't the wine either. Uh, oh boy, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. We get a month off before we have to do it again. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You see something over the weekend you think we ought to be talking about? Send it along. Again, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. A month. Do the actuary tables say Biden will still be around? Go, hey, oh, insensitive. <laughs> Unfortunate. Com- He'll be walking those comments back. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.